Hi, and welcome to Tales of Fiction, where we discuss comics, films, and other forms of entertainment. I'm Logan, also known as Metropolis Now. I'm Joe, also known as Comic Classics. And I'm Eli, also known as Comics Pride. Alrighty, so today we're going to be discussing DC Fandom and, you know, just kind of get into details about what was revealed at the panels and, you know, share our interest, hype, or otherwise, and, you know, so uh, we're just going to be starting with, uh, I guess, Gotham Knights. So, anyone, take it away. Uh, I'll say I was intrigued, I guess. I mean, I think I my expectations were a little too high. Like, I don't think it was bad, per se, but it's like, I don't know, it wasn't like, just like, it doesn't look like it's going to be a masterpiece. Yeah. And, like, I'm not even mad that Batman's not even in the game. I actually think that's a pretty good decision to focus more on the characters that didn't get a lot of development in the previous uh, games, even though I know it's not connected. But uh, I think it'll, like, I just, like, I don't know. I don't, like, if they were going to do a story after Batman's death, I'd rather them do, like, a battle for the cow type game or take inspiration from Morrison's run rather than do a villain that's, like, almost entirely sent, uh, you know, centric on the Waynes and their history to Gotham. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, I think the Court of Owls is already a pretty difficult thing to balance as one story because there's so many variables you have to introduce, you know? In what mm-hmm. one story, you need to explain, and especially to people who don't read comic books, it's going to be difficult for them to understand because you need to, now you have to balance that telling them that how um, Batman's dead. We also need to add in how they're going to incorporate the Court of Owls, who's been around for years. We have to tell that to an audience who doesn't know that, you know? And then you got to establish all the prior relationships with the Bat family and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... Yeah. Myself, and I think a lot of others included, expected more of like something that was similar to the Arkham games. I think a lot of people went in expecting Arkham Style Combat, Arkham Gliding, yeah. you know, all that. The, the, you know, I, I think yeah. people were... I'm actually in the, I think I'm in the minority here when I say that I'm actually glad it's not connected to Arkham. And even if it were, even if the gameplay and story structure wise was similar to, you know, how the Arkham games were kind of laid out, I still would have wanted it to kind of been its own thing. Especially if you're doing Court of Owls, because, I mean, I love the Court of Owls, but doing them as a prequel story doesn't really make a lot of sense. Because I think if they were going to do a prequel story, I know the one that they did have in development that got canned, it was going to be like, when Dick Grayson was still Robin, and then around that era. So I think doing it that early, because the whole premise of it is that Batman's been operating in Gotham for, you know, so long, and he doesn't realize the Court of Owls have been there the whole time as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I thought about that too. Um, like, years, uh, I think um, I was talking to you about this in a chat, like, a year ago. I said, I mentioned, like, yeah, I wouldn't want the Court of Owls to be a prequel. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I still stand by that. But at least I expected the game, at least the gameplay. I expected the yeah. game to be more of organized, I guess. Because the success with Spider-Man PS4 really did, like, give me that mm-hmm. notion that, like, that uh, they would want to catch in on that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, if I'm being entirely honest, um, you know, at first when I was watching the, the trailer and the gameplay, like, first off, I loved the trailer. I thought that was really cool. Um I know, Eli, you had a little bit of a problem with, like, Bruce Wayne's voice acting or whatever. I thought it was... I uh, think, well, I, I rewatched it a couple I rewatched it a couple times, and it's honestly not that bad. I think it's yeah. just because I was 
You know, there's all these like when you have a character like or a voice act, a character with an like, like a voice that's so defined, like Kevin Conroy or Kevin Conroy, and then uh, you know, with a younger Batman, you have like Roger Craig Smith or Bruce Greenwood. When you have that kind of iconic voice, when you try to do something different with it, it's not necessarily your brain just kind of you kind of just immediately think it's off just because it's not what you were expecting. But then when you right. go back and watch it with an open mind, you realize it's not that bad. Right, exactly. You know, um, so I, I love the trailer. But then, you know, I saw the gameplay first couple minutes. I was like, wow, this looks really cool, you know. And then we get to kind of where Batgirl's in the, the building and that her mm-hmm. combat stuff I thought was neat. Uh, yeah, like the, the more I the more I watch the gameplay, it actually isn't that bad. Like they're, they can't, this, the the whole kind of structure is similar, like the RPG kind of like what we saw, we've seen with the Avengers, right. but it looks much more defined. It looks like each character is gonna play entirely differently than the next. Whereas in Avengers, each character does, they do have like different abilities, but it's, it's the same base kind of, same you know, gameplay same style. Control. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but you know, just by the time the gameplay ended, I was kind of like. I, I sat on it for a, a few moments, and you know, I kind of came to the conclusion after about an hour or so that it's just not for me. You know, like I, I won't, you know, bash on anyone for for liking it or even loving it and saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is my most anticipated game," because like it looks fun, you know, but it's just it's not anything that to me has any weight to it or has any sort of connectivity to something that we already know is established like i i'm with you about the whole you know i don't care if it's connected to the arkham games or whatever um although it it would kind of make some sense if it were um just because you know wb montreal's is they're now out here flailing with a new story new concept um but regardless of that you know i was really looking forward to like you said something that played more similar to arkham but you know was was separate from it um, and just kind of had this this uniqueness to it that wasn't so RPG, MMO-focused. And, you know, I was looking at that, and, you know, it had some of those elements, and I was just thinking, you know, that that crap's already, you know, come into Assassin's Creed, now Avengers, now it's coming into Batman. It's just, it, it's a little bit too much, you know? Yeah, I think it was yeah, also... Yeah, I, I agree. Right, um, well, when I first turned the... Stream on, and I saw the cutscene. The cutscene first, I was like, okay, this is really good. That you know, it opens up with Batman's face. I thought that was right. probably the best, probably the best I've seen Batman look in a video game, honestly. And then, um, back to the fighting and the gameplay and everything that I was like, at first, I was like, okay, it's pretty cool. But then, the more and more I looked at it, it just looked like Overwatch or Fortnite or whatever, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I said Sunset Overdrive, also. I mean, yeah, I, I saw that a lot on there. Twitter. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I, okay, let me clarify this. I don't think it's going to be a bad game. I don't, I'm still excited for it, but it just, it's a little bit of a discipline. My expectations were subverted, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they were, for me, it was was a little underwhelming because it was providing something that, you know, just the style that, I don't know, it just felt a little bit too cartoony in some ways, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. Whereas the Arkham games had this this realistic feel to the, the graphics and the aesthetic. And I don't know, it just felt like something that you could hop into. And it's like be the Batman, that the tagline of Arkham Knight. 
And even if that, that game isn't amazing or it's got issues with like the whole Batmobile stuff, it still lives up to that title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think Joe said something in the chat the other day that's spot on. He said like the, the facial designs of the characters look amazing. And then the costumes are like so over-designed. They don't look that good. Right, especially with Robin. Oh my, they do Tim Drake, they do his outfit dirty every single video game appearance he's in. At least you can, they have a gear, they're going to have a gear system there where you can alternate with your uh, character's appearance, so I'll just like level up Robin, Robin immediately. Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks like they're, kind of looks like they're wearing like cardboard Iron Man suits or something like that. Yeah, I, get, I think Night, Nightwings doesn't look too bad. No, it, just, uh-huh. it, it looks a little uninspired. It, it looks yeah. the best out of all of them, but it's the, it's nothing I haven't seen before, you know. Uh, Red Hood looks like Deadpool. His fa- his face looks exactly like Deadpool. Yeah, almost exactly. It's like we have the black eyes and stuff. Yeah, and, and I think their suits have way too much color to them. Like I get mm-hmm. that they're trying to capitalize on the uh, the whole rebirth aesthetic with their their costumes looking so bright and colorful. But I mm-hmm. mean, you know, there's there's a uh, a time and place for that sort of thing. And I, you know, hopefully the the customization comes in clutch so that it, you know, that's not just the default for so long in the game. You know what I mean? Um, Because, like, I don't know, that the Batgirl look, um, the Red Hood look, it's it's kind of over the top for such, you know, realistic, relatable characters. Yeah, I get I get the base designs and like that good, but you can always, you know, like with a game, like if it was a game where it was like. If those were their final designs, I'd be a little bit more. I'd be a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more disappointed with it. But you can. There's always a gear system, so you can always change that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, as far as that's concerned, it's definitely not a day one for me. Um, I don't even think you know when it comes out or if I ever get the chance to to get it. I probably won't. Most likely, because I mean, sixty dollars is quite an investment you know and it's not just you know a monetary investment but it's also an investment of time and energy you know and i i just for me personally i'm not excited enough for it but uh if you know if anyone else is you know more power to you it it looks like it'll be a fun time all right so do we have our thoughts on gotham knights and is that basically I think we got everything we needed to say for that. Yeah. Yeah, for me at least, you know. Yeah. All right, so what was next? The Suicide Squad, I think, or Flashpoint? It was Flashpoint that was next. Um, yeah. Oh, shoot. What about Wonder Woman? Wonder, we, we could talk about Wonder Woman, but they didn't really reveal anything new per se other than, like, the cheetah look. True. Yeah, that's true. I thought that looked cool, personally. I, yeah, I thought it looked fine. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's talk uh, Flashpoint. All right. So, uh, what, what do you guys? Th- what are you guys thinking of that? You know, I'll let someone go first, and then I'll, you know, articulate my my thoughts. All right, I'll just go then. Um, I'll say this: my interest was, I think, a little higher than it was. Not much higher, but I think I'm a little bit. I'm looking forward to it more a little bit more than I did before fandom. I think... All right, the only thing that really revealed new was Barry's uh, 
Barry's new suit, which I don't love, but it looks better than the, his the design from Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, it I looks see. much more sleeker and much simpler. Um, so yeah, and then, but I'm still not a big fan of the uh, the Ben Affleck coming return. I'm not mad that Ben Affleck's returning, but it's just that he's returning in a movie that's designed to be a Flash solo movie. I think if they just made this, if they set us on a different movie and made the Flash solo movie like an actual, you know, solo movie with just you know introducing us to his character, all that stuff. And then they made this movie after that. Like, let's say they made they made they re- they pushed the movie back a couple of years and made in twenty twenty two they released uh, a Flash solo movie and in twenty twenty three twenty twenty four they did Justice League the Flashpoint Paradox. If they just made that the Justice League sequel, I think that would make uh, make it a lot more appropriate. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I know what you really want is is just a a totally fleshed out. Flash solo film that focuses on the character of Barry Allen and not only him, but, you know, progresses his his relationship with, you know, Iris and his dad and supporting characters and such. And, you know, building up this legacy for the character first before they start to, you know, just make a film in order to reset the DCEU in some way or another. Um, I... I have no idea if they're going to make a lot of continuity changes, to be honest. Because I think if they do want to have... I, this is um, Ben Affleck's last appearance as Batman. So I do think... Um, I do think that... Uh, I do think that they're going to end the, in, in the movie with uh, him reading... I don't know if it's going to be a, a letter from Thomas Wayne, since, that's, uh, since he's not really in the movie that, that I know of. But uh, some sort of variation of that scene, and that's going to be like the sent out to his character. But who knows? They could always. There's uh, we have no idea what they could do since they they definitely uh, are excited to you know pursue the multiverse route with their cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you said yeah. it well. Go on. Right. I think Eli said it well in a chat yesterday. He said he would prefer a flash movie instead of. Instead of just fan service, the movie. And so far, that's kind of what it seems to be like. It's just shoving as much, like, in, like they're trying to tease as much as possible, you know? And I, I don't really like that, because, like, that was kind of the downfall of Batman vs. Superman, if you ask me. You know, they, they try to, like, throw so much at you. I think it's kind of starting, it's giving me red, it's giving me red flags, you know? Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, and as far as this being, you know, kind of based off of Flashpoint, uh, just based on, the multiple versions of Bruce Wayne showing up with Michael Keaton, you know, coming in and, uh, you know, likely in the foreseeable future, assuming the the main Batman role in the DCEU. I mean, that could change. Um, that, that could be completely false and based off of old old rumors or, or whatnot. But uh, I mean, you know, if they're going to change the story to have no Thomas Wayne in it, well, that that would essentially mean that in some way or another, this alternate Bruce Wayne of Michael Keaton is going to be picking up that sort of mantle, not of Bruce, not of uh, Thomas Wayne, but of that same role that he played in the Burton films and just kind of reflecting this different version of Batman uh, compared to Ben Affleck's. And, and uh, it could work, but what's so unique about Thomas Wayne compared to Bruce Wayne is that Thomas Wayne, he, he went down the rabbit hole and, he, he became a murderer, a straight-up murderer, whereas Bruce Wayne is supposed to have this code, 
you know, that he abides by at all times. With the DCEU, Ben Affleck, he, he went on for a while without a code. You know, he presumably had a code before the events of BVS, but that kind of, uh, you know, with BVS, it, it showed this other way of Batman. And he, he kind of regained himself, I guess. You know, it, it kind of leaves it up to your imagination that, you know, he finally put away murdering once and for all. But, you know, comparing him to Michael Keaton's Batman, who was a murderer straight up and had no problems with it, uh, hopefully that, you know, that starts to reflect more positively on Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, because uh, at this point, it's just it's kind of confusing how they're going to be comparing one murderer to another. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, the whole stuff with, like, the most of the thing, like the prior everyone, know, people knowing that Batman, that Batfleck had a a uh, no kill rule before Batman v Superman, that was kind of like the fans literally had to go, like, dissect the movie to figure that out. Right. It wasn't like they made it very obvious during the movie. So, like, I know for us, like, for us, we'll know that there will be that contrast between the way the re, the reasoning behind um, Ben Affleck killing and Michael Keaton killing. But the general audience won't know. But at the same time, the general audience don't won't really care. So it's kind of a double edged sword there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, uh, you know, in all honesty, it's like. The, the whole no-kill rule thing is, yeah, it's like you said. It kind of, fans had to go back and sort of make all these, like, theories or whatnot. I mean, it's it's been this long, and people are still now, you know, they, they've just stopped questioning whether the dead Robin was Jason Todd or, Knight, or uh, Dick Grayson. You know what I mean? So we're kind of at this point where there's just been so much miscommunication. And although not only that misinformation about the the lore that snyder has you know he i'm going to be completely honest he left out a, he left a lot to the imagination and he didn't flesh out his story enough he just wanted a broken batman and that's okay as long as you can support that with enough background evidence in order to suggest that he was once a shining beacon of hope in gotham um which you know again it's just let me take for example robin Okay, so his suit in the Batcave that's hanging up, Bruce Wayne looks at it, and it's got the whole, you know, ha-ha-ha on it, um, presumably Joker killing him. That costume also, you know, it displays an axe right next to Robin, an axe with a blade on it. What, what's that tell us? Well, Robin probably was a killer, too. He's probably fine with killing as well. You know, so yeah. it's, it, it's there's a lot of conflicting information within that film that you're supposed to uh connect the dots yourself and it's honestly that to this day people are still confused about the exact timeline of ben affleck's batman and we've yeah, gotten exactly. no confirmation whatsoever of how he was like before the events of bvs or even before robin died yeah and even snyder's comments where he's saying like um he's saying things like oh well I always perceived it as he's not really killing directly. It's, it's not really his problem, you know, not really his fault. And him also saying that, like, he, he was a killer all the time in Dark Knight Returns. And he even said, like, I don't know, but that's what he kind of... It was a lot, a lot of conflicting sides right there. But, right. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to be clear, he wasn't a killer in Dark Knight Returns. That's a, a huge logical fallacy. If you go back and read the actual comic book, Zach, uh, 
it, you could include uh, him snapping Joker's neck, but that only paralyzed him. So, you know, you're wrong. The way I see it now, the way I'm going to have to enjoy any of these movies, to get any enjoyment out of these movies, I'm going to have to force myself to not even like think about comic books too much. I'm going to have to view it as just a thing of its own. That's how I had to do it for all the Snyder movies in the past. And I think it's, how it's still how it's going to be going forward with the Flashpoint movie and um, Justice League. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, do we have anything else to say about Flashpoint? Because I think that's basically it. I mean, we spent most of the time talking about Batman when we're discussing the panel for a Flash movie. I think that's the problem here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, I, I'll, I'll be honest completely. Um, Flashpoint is probably in my... It's It's got to be in my top three most anticipated DC films. Oh, so yeah, far. I think it'll... I think... Uh, I think it'll be definitely an entertaining movie, and I'm sure it'll you know succeed at the box office. But at the same time, it's like I'd rather have a uh, in-depth character you know driven film than a fan service uh, box office hit. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, now we got uh, what's next? The Suicide Squad, James Gunn. Sure. Yeah, that was actually very surprised by that. It looks- yeah fantastic it looks colorful it looks uh james obviously has a ton of passion for those um suicide squad comics the john ostrander run he said he said he took a ton of inspiration for that that was the first comic run he ever really read um and that um his movie was going to be kind of a love letter to that era and kind of almost feel like it could be a continuation of that run in some ways um but yeah yeah, there's I, i really liked when he said that yeah and there's um uh, he obviously has a ton of passion for it, and he said it's the most fun he's ever had making a movie. And the overall movie just looks so colorful, so vibrant. Um, a lot of I'm getting a lot of the same uh, vibes I did with Guardians of the Galaxy, whereas it's a ton, of, it's a bunch of misfits. They don't really have any sense of belonging, but they uh, they kind of are in an unlucky situation. And they get put together, and they kind of have to make the most of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know. Like, with the, the whole roll call thing, I thought that was pretty entertaining. Um, personally, um, there's I'm, I'm probably looking forward to about half of those characters that they showed. Um, just because, like, I've never been a huge Suicide Squad fan myself, but I, I do respect um, that James is going back to that old uh, Ostrander material. Um, and, you know, like, characters like Polka Dot Man, Harley Quinn, Rick Flagg, uh who else savant blackguard uh weasel yeah he's gonna sure sean's going sean gunn is going for the oscar for that one right yeah exactly um yeah those characters are are cool um i'm looking forward to seeing how they they play their 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 roles respectively within that movie there are some characters that i just i don't care to see you know i i don't really necessarily care about uh uh who else blood sport um you know i i just uh king shark looks fine i guess you know it's just a cgi shark but you know i'm probably gonna get hazed for that afterwards but you know um who else you know there's just there's several characters in there that you know i could care less about tdk is like okay um but uh i guess that's kind of the point of the suicide squad is it's these misfits that you don't necessarily care about at first but you grow to to respect and, and really like, you know what I mean? 
Um, and, you know, let's be honest, four of them are probably going to die right after starting the mission, you know. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be funny to, to see the, uh, the hilarity of uh, just these, these team members being picked off one by one in, in various different ways. Yeah, I think um, that's kind of a pros and cons thing. Because on pros, you get a lot of you're gonna get a lot of funny interactions, a lot of cool moments between this you know this massive team. But at the same time, it's like I'm pretty confident 75 percent of the team will be dead by the time the movie is over. Oh yeah. And um, so, but that does mean there's gonna be there's obviously gonna be a core group of Suicide Squad members, which will probably be like uh, Harley Quinn. Captain Boomerang, King Shark, you know, those characters that are going to be, like, the main core of the movie and the heart of the story, whereas, um, you know, all these other characters, I think, are going to be killed off pretty soon, basically be humor. So it's a double-edged sword. Like, it's going to be fun to see, but at the same time, it's like, you know, why have them in there when you could just, when they're, you know, it's going to die. You know they're going to die. So Right. Yeah. And can I just say, I'm, like, I'm I'm super excited to see, like, the returning players from the first film. Like uh, Harley Quinn, Rick Flag, Captain Boomerang, um, you know who else am I? Am I forgetting someone? I, I think that's uh, Amanda Waller. I think Amanda she's Waller. Gonna be... Viola Davis is Amanda Waller. No one really talks about how great that casting is. But oh, yeah, I really liked her great. in the first movie. Yeah, yeah, and so um, you know, it's just going to be fun to see how those uh, recurring characters that that small group it, plays off of each other. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, kind of. Uh, just recounting the the events of the first film, but also, you know, this is clearly going to be its own thing, you know, not too connected to what took place in the first one, because let's be honest, the first one is less than desirable, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the movie. Um, it's, I'm probably going to have to say it's like my third most anticipated film from fandom. Probably. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, it it looks really cool. Yeah, I think it looks good. Before this fandom event, I didn't have any expectations for it, or I didn't really care about it at all. And James Gunn came on, and he started talking about it like he's a real fan. He started referencing actual comic books. I was like, okay, I guess this guy knows what he's talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I'll, yeah. I think it's in good hands. Yeah, that's, yeah. Another I, that's another thing I love about James Gunn. He's a massive comic book fan. So it's like, and that's you can see that in his movies, especially in Guardians of the Galaxy. There's all these little nods to the Marvel uh, cosmic universe that there's in there, and it's obvious he just has a ton of passion for the comics. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought it was kind of funny how James Gunn was so excited, and the cast was just like, "Yeah." Yeah. So, uh, as far as Suicide Squad goes. Uh, we definitely have a lot to look forward to it. You know, just a lot of great action, a lot of great comedy. Um, hopefully, you know, some really good acting. Um, and just overall, just a, a really human story uh, disguised in a lot of vibrant color and, you know, uh, different multicolored costumes and you know, all these different wacky abilities, you know. So that that's going to be great to see. Um, so what else? We, we got we got uh should we talk about the suicide I, squad game uh, yeah, but, yeah i get yeah, i guess well, yeah, so you can do that and then we'll yeah that's good sorry right. topic all right cool well uh keeping with suicide squad game what do you guys think eli uh i mean i think 
you know, yesterday when I when I saw the initial trailer, I was more interested in that than Gotham Knights at first. But then, um, you know, once I've got the time to think about it, and I rewatch with the trailers and you know listen to what they had to say. I'm I think I'm more interested in Gotham Knights now. But uh, Suicide Squad, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the gameplay will be good. You know, it's Rocksteady; they make uh, solid. They take their time on their games. They make sure they're polished, all this stuff. But um, I I think. I think I've seen this a lot on Instagram and Twitter. Like, a lot of people are saying it feels like something we've already seen before. You know, like, the Brainiac ship and, like, Evil Superman. If you, and, like, even, like, the feel of it. Like, the cutscenes and the Brainiac and Evil Superman. Like, the way it looks and feels, it feels a lot like the world of Injustice rather than the world of the Arkhamverse. Right. You know, the Arkhamverse, they kind of had this this really nice mix of realism and um, comic book, you know, like. Whereas... Um, you know, this game looks really, really cartoony, which I have nothing against cartoony, you know, games and uh, appearances and stuff. But it's just that it it has to make sense within the continuity that it's set in. And especially with it, it also being the Arkhamverse, which right, this might be a little controversial, but, you know, they kind of re uh, redesigned Deadshot's character, more like Will Smith. Which, um, if this was an original game, I'd be completely fine with. But the problem is with um, Deadshot, he had a... He had a uh, role in both Arkham Origins and in Arkham City, where he was, you know, a white dude. So, right. yeah, that that's I mean, just it, it's kind of uh, regarding that. I'm just gonna say it. That's pretty problem problematic on Rocksteady's part because if it's supposed to be connected to the Arkham games, then visibly, you know, visually, it, it should be in, in every way almost. Uh, it it feels like though the graphics are kind of semi realistic. It feels way more Sunset Overdrive than Arkham, you know. It, it, again, it's the same problem for me with, with Gotham Knights. It's, it's just they're going for this really strange, almost Fortnite RPG MMO sort of style game with both of these. They're the two games made by two very different companies that work together on the Arkham games. And neither of these Arkham games or neither of these, these games developed by these, these studios feel like the Arkham games. That's my problem. It, you know, it beyond beyond anything else. It's it's just they're they're losing their touch almost in my opinion because they're they're discarding what made them great in the first place, which is really sad. But yeah, yeah. um I think the I will say this, I mean I remember I was happy on the me and Logan did the live stream the other day. I was pretty happy with that with Superman's design. Not just but it's just the little things. Like keeping the underwear on Superman like, even though I don't think it's super necessary to his character, it's kind of just cool to see. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of people today, it's like, oh, the underwear is so stupid, you know, they're outdated. It's like, it's kind of cool to see, you know, them pay respect to that. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so, Joe, what do you think about it? I am so tired of evil Superman. But, <laughs> yeah. For I mean, real. That was another thing I said with uh, the continuation. Well, it's... Uh, um, Evil Superman is so uninteresting. It's it's just like it's been rehashed and done constantly in the last five seven years, and it I'm sick of it personally. You know, it 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 makes the character less interesting overall, and it just makes him a threat for the sake of uh, being overpowered. Um, this um this might be off on tangent, but it is so much easier to write a good Batman story than it is to write a good Superman story. So they always go back to the easy route of making an evil Superman story, you know? Yeah, yeah, they're taking the easy way, you know. 
And uh, again, it's it's just they're it's almost like they've lost a lot of the passion for these these properties and these characters. You know, when I first when it when it was first revealed that Rocksteady was making a uh, Suicide Squad game, what, what was that like two weeks ago or something? Uh, I was I was thinking Suicide Squad. They're what what are they capitalizing off of? What what success? It's not like the movie was very well received at all. Um, it's not like the the uh, the comics are DC's shining beacon of of monetary value. Yeah, so what what's up with this obsession for the the Suicide Squad? Um, why are they making a, a whole game and why is it by Rock City? I I'm confused here, you know. But I you know I, I held my tongue and I'm like this could be really good because it's by Rocksteady. You know, they have the potential to make something great and really fun. And this game could still be great and really fun. But it's, it, I don't want to, you know, sound like a broken record, but it's not, it's not Arkham. It's not that level of quality. Yeah, and again, yeah. we're, uh, just to remind everyone listening to this, we're not saying this because it's not Arkham, not because it's not, you know, exactly like arkham but because it's not it doesn't look like it's made with the same quality and same you know fluff exactly you know, bird's eye focus that arkham had on that uh those characters in that story exactly yeah see if if rocksteady was uh if they had revealed a, a suicide squad trailer and it had the the same sort of depth and and heaviness to uh you know the the trailer or the gameplay that uh the the reveals of the arkham games had then it would be a different story, you know, but it, it's again, it, it's just it's that same sort of sunset overdrive style, which I, you know, I'm not a big fan of. But, uh, you know, if you like it, if anybody here listening to this likes that, then that's that's perfectly OK. You know, I'm just saying that I'm not going to get the game day one. You know. Do you guys remember those Arkham Cinematic trailers? For like every Arkham game, they released a cinematic trailer before the oh, yeah. teaser. Game. Oh yeah, the one from uh, the one from Origins is like one of my favorite you know trailers ever. Yeah, yeah. The, no, it's uh, it's, it's up there with the Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. That that's an amazing trailer, and it's just, <laughs> it it shows every time I think about it, let alone watch it, it gives me goosebumps. Like seriously, dude, for real. Uh, um, for those trailers, they would always tell you something about the story, but also display like. Like how much heart and how much the creators just love doing what they're doing. You can feel it, you know. Oh yeah. Whereas these kind of feel like they're so like, like I'm not gonna say it's 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 a little early to judge on this, I guess. But I think they kind of feel like they there's an uh there's a possibility they could just be cash-ins. Yeah, that's that's what I'm afraid of personally. You know, it's just a quick way to to make money, and I don't say quick in the sense that they put this game together in in a year or so. Because clearly, uh, Rocksteady's been working on this for, shoot, probably five years at this point. You know, um, I say quick in the sense that we're we're getting a reveal at these products that just they seem so left field, and almost as if they have this level of quality that could have been done in a year. Is what I'm saying. You know, it doesn't look like they they put five years into this. You know, this game. So I mean. That that's just my two cents on it, um, but yeah. To me, I, what it seems like is the go on you first. Yeah, um, I mean, we could be wrong. I mean, it could be great, you know, but it's it, it just by judging off what we have so far, 
just specifically Suicide Squad doesn't really feel like it. It's made with the same level of you know creativity and passion and care that the uh, the Arkham franchise is built on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what, what I think is I think um, you know for like years they're like we're getting a Superman game, then we're getting a Batman game. Oh, we're getting a Suicide Squad game. You know, so right. it's, it's like five years, sure, but five years where they're making the same game for five years, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's just. You know, I, I'll be honest. Like the uh, when I, as soon as I saw Superman, I was like, "That looks exactly like the the leaked character model from the Rocksteady Superman game that they were developing three years ago." You know, um, and so they probably, if if they were actually making a Superman game and then just scrapped it, they definitely kept that that character model because the symbol is like the New Fifty Two and looks exactly like the symbol that was on that character model. It's the same exact design and graphical, you know, quality. Um, and so at this point, it's like, okay, let's make a Suicide Squad game because they're going to come out with a movie for it. Um, and we've literally only started working on this a year ago. And so we're just going to use old components of old games that we've been developing or, you know, almost developed and then just scrapped it completely. You know, it, it kind of feels like this is, this is almost just a hodgepodge of old projects that, Rocksteady was going to do and like oh you know what let's just make a Suicide Squad game where they kill the Justice League or something like that you know and and we're, we're showing off all these these character traits that we were developing and all these different controls but we're not going to let you the, the player play as you know using those abilities we're going to use you know just these more ground level characters like Harley Quinn or Deadshot in order to go up against these multi-powered you know uh, almost gods among men, you know. The problem with the Suicide Squad game for me, and I suspect for most modern audiences, for for the mainstream audience, for the mainstream audience, you're not going to know who Boomerang is or whatever, you know. Like they're going to see Superman, and wish they could be Superman, you know. Yeah. No, that that's yeah, and Go ahead. I think I think especially with all these mainstream things, it's like with you know with Batman v Superman and you know all these other you know Batman things, it's like. The mainstream audience was basically how they were kind of fed. They, that was that's the reason that we kind of had this argu- argument today, where it's like, oh, Batman with prep time, he could be, he could beat Doctor Manhattan. It's stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, one, um, one thing I noticed though. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. One thing I noticed is that you guys you, you guys saw Harley Quinn's design in the movie, right? The new movie. Yeah. It looks just yeah, like the. Yeah, it's game. very animated. Yeah. yeah, it does look and, a lot like the, 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 the new Suicide Squad game. The new game, the new game coming out. It looks just like the it, movie, <laughs> right? Oh. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, um, that's is too that, funny. Is that all we got to say on uh, Suicide Squad? Oh, I've got one more thing. Oh, go ahead. The the voice actor for Boomerang, that's a complete miscast. What a terrible voice! I'm just saying that that does not look interesting whatsoever. Boomerang, uh, I think you mean. Say what again? More, he sounds sounds and looks more like Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just he's got it's so weird. I don't know. He just doesn't. He sounds like the most annoying character in the game. They got no. uh they got Tara Strong for Harley Quinn again, so that's uh, Devin. <laughs> Will Arnett. Oh God. Who is no, he voicing again? Awkward. Is he not? Is he no. even in the game? I don't know. If he's playing Batman, that'll be I'll laugh. <laughs> Brother. Uh, 
All right. Well, yeah, that, uh, that whole thing with him and Sefton Hill talking was awkward. Like, seriously. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm pretty sure um, Sefton Hill made a comment that he was like at his house. So I wonder if they, I wonder if they were even in the same room and they were recording. <laughs> his posture yeah. was awkward. He was just like, he was like knees together, like hunched over. I'm like, are you, like, do you have a glance your head making you be here? Like, what are you doing? All the, all the, like, don't, don't get me wrong. I think that fandom was, you know, despite all the filler, which was kind of necessary since they, I think they should have kept it as one day. But, you know, yeah. I think despite all the filler, I do think it was a really well put together event. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but sure all the. Continue to grow with it over the years, it'll definitely develop. Oh, yeah. Better. Like, my hope is that once this becomes a. You know, once Corona kind of gets, once the situation gets better with the virus and everything goes back to normal again, I really hope they kind of, they don't really, they move away from, you know, San Diego Comic-Con and they just make this like a yearly event, you know, oh, yeah. kind of like yeah. maybe they could do it like at, um, at Warner Brothers in, in Burbank, like every year. That would be so cool. Most definitely. Yeah, I agree. It'd be, be, cool, it'd be really cool if they had like an in-person audience and then a live stream audience. Yes, that'd be great. So it'd be like, you can go, they'd be like, because um, San Diego Comic-Con, they don't stream their events. It's just kind of like, if you want to get a glimpse from the trailer, remember with the Infinity War trailer and the um, uh, the Batman v Superman teaser, it was all, it was like, the only glimpse you had of it was like audience smartphones and stuff. But um, um, I think if they did it where it was like, yeah, you can go in person, but you can also watch it for free online. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so, all right, next we could either talk about, uh, you know, Snyder Cut, Static Shock, uh, the James Ridley Batman comic, uh, what else, what do you guys want to do? Uh, let's, uh, I, I want to talk about the Snyder Cut. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. I, Before this, I'm, I'm like, as most of you guys know, I don't care about Zack Snyder's movies, I don't think he's a good filmmaker. I was disappointed mm-hmm. by Batman Superman and Justice Just League was also kind of not that great. Um, I wasn't expecting Zack Snyder's movie to his Snyder Cut to be great, you know? But I saw the trailer and, and despite that weird aspect ratio, it looks very cool, honestly. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, I think it's, it's the thrill that you kind of had when you saw the BVS trailer for the first time where it's like, it's all new footage. It does look, look like an entirely different movie than what we're getting tonally wise, uh, you know, visually, all that stuff. It looks, uh, it looks, I think the reason I'm excited for it is because like, I think that, you know, we know for a fact that like, it can't get worse than what we got in the theatrical cut, right? Whereas <laughs> this, um, this, uh, it, I want I want the, a potential the potential out there for an an above average Justice League movie to release. Um, you know that makes me happy. It makes me. It kind of has is, that same. What is what? What's with like the aspect ratio cropping? Like what is that? Oh my! I don't know what it. I, that's that was really weird. Um, Dude, it's like on a it, on a like a box TV. Yeah. No. It's um. It's he's using the same aspect ratio that the let the lighthouse used. Yeah, so, for real. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, just like this desperate attempt to be different, you know, to be art house film-like. Yeah. Well, I you know, did not do that when he was making the movie, the original. I guarantee no. you he was making the movie. No, that, so. it wasn't. It was normal. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he's really trying to do everything he can to differentiate what he had, what was in the theatrical cut to the Snyder cut. 
I really hope there's that it's, it's not like that in the final product, that we yeah, get a regular too. aspect ratio. That'll be, look very hard for me to sit through. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things at Fandom that I saw. I was like, that's cool, but I'm not going to watch it or play the game. But for yeah. Starcraft, it might be one that I actually will watch, maybe. Well, I'm definitely going to watch it when I can. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, he revealed that it's going to be a... Uh, uh, four different episodes of, and they're one hour each. And then at the end, they're going to release the full thing. It's going to be a four hour long theatrical or uh, feature cut. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. you know, huge. Okay. Well, so um, as far as the Snyder cut goes, I think that's that's probably. Um, I guess, you know, that I think that's all I want to, you know, address regarding it. Um, yeah, I'll just say, like, uh, um, I don't think my ex, if I had to place a bet right now, I'd say it's not going to be, you know, great. But my expectations, I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be fine, I guess. But, you know, I'm definitely interested to see. And I think, I think the character work in this could be, like, specifically with, like, Batman, Superman, uh, you know, Flash. I think it could be a lot better than it was in. You know, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, and uh, obviously the theatrical cut of Justice League. Yeah, and I have no I doubt that, that I'm going to like it more than Man of Steel and BVS. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to have a lot of suspension of disbelief to enjoy it, but that's kind of the, over the course with any of these Snyder movies for me, so I guess I'm ready for it. All yeah. right, well, that's, uh, that's about it. So do you guys want to talk about Static or go straight to the Batman? Um, I'm, we're not well, missing anything major, are we? Well, there's Shazam and there's Aquaman, but uh, well, I mean, I mean, they all they did in those movies was I mean, Shazam announced the title and Aquaman announced that Patrick Wilson's returning as Ocean Master for the sequel, and that's it. Okay, true. Yeah, can I just say regarding Shazam too? Shazam: Fury of the Gods. It, it's okay. That that's an all right title. Um, it's okay. There we go. I don't, I don't think it uh, matches the the tone of the the first movie, but sure, you know, I don't know. I, I'm sure it'll be a really good movie. Uh, I'm just not super hyped for it at the moment. It's just like it's gonna feel like I think in the sense that everyone's kind of waiting. Oh no, we're getting we're forgetting Black Adam. Oh, That's what it was. Yeah. All right, but okay. But here's what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> it feels like this kind of. Uh, like everyone's, every, we all know that the third Shazam is going to be Shazam versus Black Adam, and sure. you know, especially since Black Adam was officially announced between Shazam one and two, it feels like, like especially the general audience, and you know, maybe even me, it feels like it. I really hope it's not like just this filler movie. You know, it's like, oh, here's something until we get to Black Adam. Yeah, hopefully not. I know they're going to bring back Mister Mind, but uh, you know, honestly, I'm not sure how far that that idea is going to fly because like come on it, it's just a it's i really a killer <laughs> you know i just i really really hope they go into like that same heart and that same you know kind of campiness and goofiness that the old uh whiz comics had yeah yeah that kind of stuff yeah i think i think the first film was a little bit too much new 52 yeah for my, for my style at least but uh yeah yeah i don't know I think they can make some a, a character like Mister Mind work if they lean more heavily into the the older comics, you know, more of the the Silver Age sort of style Shazam comics, rather than be so you know confined to New Fifty Two. Like I get that David S. Sandberg prefers that version, but like 
don't don't not acknowledge what came before you know so. yeah um so that's well, we can talk about black adam now uh what do you think of that uh joe i think i mean for the longest time and still now kind of i was skeptical about the rock being black adam um but he looks very psyched to be in it he's like obviously very happy about it uh, yeah i go on yeah, I don't think the uh, I don't think The Rock is a great actor by any stretch, but it is cool. It is cool to see that he has uh, he really does have a ton of passion for you know this movie. So I'm hoping he uh, I'm hoping he, he delivers something cool. Yeah, he plays. Go ahead. He plays Joe. the same character in every movie, you know, in in a sense. So I'm I'm like wondering how he's going to pull us off now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know his uh. His monologue was very strange and contrived, in my opinion. It's just, it was kind of awkward, you know? Um, like, with the whole, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know the how many people are, I don't know how many people are hyped for your movie, buddy, but, you know, sure. All right, whatever you say. Yeah, the hierarchy of Superman and Shazam, like, that's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, for real, uh, let me pull up something, actually. Something that he he tweeted out. So, comicbook.com tweeted, The Rock just teased a showdown between Black Adam and Superman at DC Fandom. And then Dwayne Johnson hops on Twitter, and he responds, like, immediately after. And he says, one superhero who won't kill because of his code versus one anti-hero who's happy to kill because of his code. All it's going to be all in the name be, of truth and justice. Go ahead. Uh, is it going to be truth, justice in the Black Adam way? That I, I physically cringed when he said that. <laughs> oh, crap. Man. I'm not this even... might be worth it. If it means we get Henry Cavill back. That'd be sick. That'd be awesome to see. But at the same time, it's like I want to see him like if he was in the movie and he had like a larger than minor role. I think it would be cool to see the kind of contrast between how like how a person is affected by that power with a, a person like Clark Kent and a person like Black Adam, how they're both, you know, how they both handle the power they have differently. But you know, realistically, if Superman does show up, it'll just be like, oh, Superman's really powerful and Black Adam's really powerful, and they're, they're gonna fight. And that's yeah, it. That's interesting. All right. You know, recently I had a sort of epiphany with Henry Cavill Superman. I thought to myself, I've never seen him and been like, Superman! I've just been like, Henry Cavill in a Superman suit, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, when you see Christopher when you see Christopher Reeve, you're like, oh, it's Superman. Oh, wait, no, it's Christopher Reeve. Right. Right. No, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Since Christopher Reeve, there really hasn't been the actor who takes on, like, that iconography, you know? Because it's just, it belongs to Christopher Reeve at this point. You know, um, oh, no. oh. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd say that Brandon Ralph gets pretty close. I'd say that Tom Welling gets close in his own way, even though he never really officially wore the suit. Um, but man, like, did they do their own unique, respective, equally great ways uh, of playing the character and and living up to those those ideals? When I was younger, like the hype for Superman Returns was everywhere. You see, like Superman Returns billboards, Superman Returns action figures. Like at the, my um, local mall, there's a huge Superman Returns like statue. Yeah. yeah. So like 
me, when I think of Superman, when I watched the movie as a little kid, I, I, I saw Superman, but I, I guess that's kind of because I didn't know the like, actors yet. But still, though, when I see that, I'm like, damn, it's Superman saving an airplane. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that Brandon Ralph doesn't embody Superman in the same way that Christopher Reeves does. In fact, in some ways, he, he brings another layer of depth to him. You know, that's not more deep or impactful than Christopher Reeve, but it's just, it's different. It, it adds something to the character, you know? Um, and I, I just think it's, it's very, uh, it's a very unique, lovable, and, you know, just very heartwarming version of the character because it, it takes a look at the existence of Superman within Superman Returns. And he even starts to question if he's really needed anymore, you know? Uh, because, you know, you can kind of, it, it can be kind of left up to the imagination that in the five years that he's been gone since presumably Superman 2, uh, the world has become more jaded uh, due to stuff like, uh, you, you could even make the assumption that 9-11 was the, the factor in Lois Lane writing why the world doesn't need Superman, um, you know, beyond her just her personal feelings. And so I, I think it really... It, it shows Superman go through this sort of conundrum in his in his life, both as Superman as well as Clark the man, you know. Um, and I just I think it it really shows why Superman is such a needed character in today's world, because we, we tend to forget Superman Returns is a postmodern superhero film, you know. So I, it's just I don't know. You get what I'm yeah, saying. I... I agree with everything you said. Yeah. I think we are getting a little off topic here. So we only have one major thing left, and that is uh, that is the Matt Reeves Batman panel. Oh, yeah. So, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is where the fun begins. Okay. okay. This is the only thing I was – this is all I was waiting for for DC Fandom. I mean, if it, if it wasn't even DC Fandom, it was just like 12 hours to wait for the Batman, I would still wait. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It was fantastic. It lived up. So I set my expectations through the roof for this, and it somehow exceeded them. Yeah. No, that's, that's so. Yeah, me too. It like I don't know. Um, I guess well, let's talk about how Matt Reeves was talking about the movie first, because that's uh, I guess in order. Yeah. So man, that was that was phenomenal. And the way he was talking about Batman. How long did how long did he, his panel last for? Would you say 20, 15 minutes, twenty minutes? I guess in those oh, fifteen. Oh, it must have been like fifteen. Yeah. In the in the fifteen. Okay, like, exactly fourteen or something like that. Yeah, in the 15 minutes that Matt Reeves was answering fan questions from you know fans around the world, he proved that he knew he understands and has a greater passion for Batman than any director that has come before him. Indeed. And it's 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 not even close either. No, no, for real, yeah. man, that was insane. I love just watching him talk, and he he kept talking. He didn't like. I'm like, is this dude even gonna like stop to catch a breath? Guy drink a water? <laughs> I'm like, man. And like the like before the fan question started, the, the reporter that was asking him questions was giving like the most, you know, the stupidest questions. And then he would just he would take them and just turn them into like just a way to market the movie. And it yeah. sounds fantastic. Those I want really like, good too. I really do think that you know he's gonna turn into the same Rami Abaddon where it's like after the Batman after his trilogy is done, we're gonna be saying, you know. I wouldn't trust Batman anyone's of in anyone's hand other than Matt Reeves. Yeah. yeah you know it's crazy. 
Um, because Sam Raimi's Spider Man was like a Spider Man comic book come to life, but Mary's Batman is more like the next evolution of a Batman comic book. Like it's yes. transcendent, like what 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 you you would even expect an adaptation to be. I remember um Michael Giacchino, the the uh the composer of it. He said he was describing the movie as like when you go to a comic book store and you see a different Batman comic, where it's kind of like oh this this is a different run, it's a new run that's starting, or it's a new uh. A new limited series is starting. He said the movie kind of feels like that, and I agree with him so much. It feels like a comic book, but that has it has its own twist on it, and its its own take on these characters. But it's still, you know, remaining. These characters are all going to be, you know, their own versions of themselves, but they're also going to be recognizable to everyone. You can say, "Oh, I know that's the Riddler," but you know, I didn't know that. Uh, you know, there's a different take on them, but it still right. re- remains right. true to the core of who those characters are. Exactly. And that's- yeah, let me take a second to like talk about the visuals of the trailer because that I mean even without like if you cut the audio you'd still like be blown away and still think it's like one of the best Batman adaptations. Oh my god! Dude, the my, the cinematography by Greg Fraser looks so good. Dude, I, I mean I, I think the way I saw it, it's like a hodgepodge of like he literally said he's like it's every Batman ever it's a a rolling snowball and you're seeing all the new layers forming and and that said it perfectly really. I see yeah. Earth One in it. I see the Arkham games in it. I see Year One. I see a lot of Year One in Bruce Wayne. It's like that, um, his when like a thousand. Go on. Yeah. When I saw the um, upon rewatch, when I saw the uh, the opening scene, the murder scene, in, I guess the mayor's house or something, because that was um, likely the mayor that was Emer- that Riddler murdered. Oh yeah. Yeah. So just upon seeing his like the whole aesthetic of that environment, I just immediately thought animated series. It looked yeah, it, yeah. exactly like that. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I kind of want to uh, piggyback off of what you said, Eli, just a, a moment ago about, you know, kind of just the uh, just this this new take on these characters. You know, it you can almost liken um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and now the Batman to something like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man or even, I guess, Batman Earth One or Year One as well, because there they are these these adaptations, because technically speaking, they are all adaptations of the original characters from Prime Earth or 616 or whatever you want to call it. Um, but they they seem to almost, in their own unique ways, recapture the magic of what made these characters so great to begin with. They, they, they kind of, in their own continuities, they reset uh, canon, and they, they create this new style for the character, this new tone these new narrative arcs for the character, new struggles and challenges that these characters will face. And so in that sort of way, uh, you know, even you look at the Amazing Spider-Man movies, Mark Webb is completely upfront when he says that Ultimate Spider-Man is the source material for the movie first and foremost. And though technically speaking, Ultimate Spider-Man is an adaptation and not the direct source material, it was, you know, nonetheless the source for mark webb's inspiration for the the overall story of amazing spider-man you know and so with that in mind um in their own respectful ways something like sam raimi's spider-man or matt reeves the batman they're almost like because they're going to be capturing this this new take on the character but also emphasize why the character is so great and based on these morals that we know about him they're almost acting as new source material for future generations of Spider-Man and Batman and so forth. Yeah. Um, specifically, when uh, when Matt Reeves 
said that uh, when he was answering the fan question, he said that Batman Ego was basically his main inspiration for the character of Bruce Wayne in this movie. I had the biggest smile on my face. Yeah. So I looked at my dad and I was like, yeah, dad, that I think I was talking to you about this. You know, it's just it, it's just such a, a, a unique story because it, it really dives deep into the psych, the, you know, the psychology of Batman and Bruce Wayne and how it's not just as cut and dry as, well, Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is, you know, who he really is or something. You know, that's that's fake deep. You know what I mean? It, it kind of misses the point of the character. So, it's, such a great idea. it's such a great idea for it to be year two, but like all the characters are have not been formed yet, you know? Like it astonishes me that no other no that that no one has tried to do that before. Like no one has thought to be like, oh yeah, the characters don't have an origin in like a month, you know? Like it's right. taking years to develop. It's year two with Batman, but it's clearly still really messed up. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. like he is and I think it's like he's he's Batman, but he's not the Batman that we we know yet. He's he's sort of on his way to becoming that you know beloved character that everyone oh, recognizes. Yeah. So I think, and I think that you know by the end of the movie he will kind of go through a similar arc that he. I think it'll be a much more complex arc than we saw in Arkham Origins, but you know the the kind of base arc that we saw in Arkham Origins it'll be kind of like that, where it's like he's sure. so brutal, he's so aggressive. But, you know, and he comes to become, uh, he accepts that, he accepts that he's only human, he accepts that, you know, uh, he has to be more compassionate towards his enemies, he, you know, realizes what he needs to do. But, you know, I think in this movie, it's going to be like that, but, you know, on steroids, it's going to be much more complex, it's going to be, you know, much more, it's going to be much more of a morally gray area that, that he's going to, you know, explore there, of is, yeah. um, is this guy, is this guys uh, mentally stable is he insane you know is he doing the right thing by putting fear into people is he uh you know is he is going out and just beating criminals to a pulp every night is that helping is that getting him where he wants to be where is that getting gotham where he needs it to be you know that quarter that's sort of you know more really morally gray area i'm really excited to see that explored exactly you know i i think um just i i i do believe um you, you know in my mind that Matt Reeves definitely looked at Arkham Origins and like Telltale series Batman games, and you know he's like, you know, I'm gonna take the the complex nature of these these uh, rough around the edges versions of Batman, and I'm gonna make it even more relatable, even more human, even more realistic in the sense that life is morally gray. It's very complex, like you said, and it, it's it's gonna be a Batman who is not sure of himself yet, you know, but he, he's, he's like a, 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 a brash sort of, sort of soldier in this war that he's concocted in his mind, you know, that he has to, you know, by all, by all costs, you know, let nothing stand in his way that he will try to save his city, you know. What, is, what I see, what can I, what I can observe? He takes he's taking everything that you go that makes you go whoa about Batman. He's just amplifying it to, to a tenfold, you know. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, if we talk about that fight scene for a second, man, that was insane. It oh was. my god, dude! I was literally like, uh, like I don't know. I was literally like, I, I'm sitting in a chair right now in like a office chair in my room. I was literally like jumping up and down during that. I couldn't I couldn't sit still. It was <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah the dude, real. that was insane. I mean, he. 
we've all like speculated he would fight like a brawler, but I mean yeah. I did not expect anything like that. He fights like he fights like an MMA artist. It's like he fights he fights like a street brawler. It's like he's so he's so he has the speed that you would expect him to have, but also like the brutality, you right. know. And and most importantly, he's focused in in his ability Attacks. and and in his need to win and and defeat the opponent. You know, I I don't think that's a uh, a factor or like a, a facet of Batman that most iterations look at. It's like, yeah, he can be brutal. Yeah, he can you know be fast or beat up guys or whatever. But that constant just like wailing on this guy, very calculated, hitting him in all the right points. I'm going to break his guard. I'm going to like slug him repeatedly in the face. I'm going to, you know, break his legs down and then put him to the ground and, and whatever. It's very calculated. There's a, a psychology there where it's just like, I will not stop. You know, I will do what I yeah. intend to do. You know, up until that point in the trailer, you kind of get the idea of this man is insane. But then when you see that fighting, you're like, okay, never mind. This guy has put years, he's put studied his craft. Like, everything he's doing is thought out, you know, in that fight. And you're like, okay, so he's, he's clearly got issues, but he still has, like, a bigger girl from the mind. Right. And then, and then after that, you know, you get, you get to hear Pattinson's voice as Batman, and it sounds so great. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like the ultimate, and this is, like, this thing I love about the movie as well. It's, like, with, with Pattinson's voice in specific, it's, um, it sounds like a combination of all the great Batman voices put into one. You know, it sound, it literally sounds like a mix of Keaton, uh, Bale, and Conroy. It sounds exactly if, like those three put all together. It sounds like that. When whereas you know the movie in general, it sounds like there's like it takes like the best aspects or aspects of you know all these different you know great Batman stories and iterations and adaptations, and he puts them you know in this melting pot and to create you know what I what I think will be the definitive uh, on screen Batman. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitive live um, action. Batman, was, I should say. When he was beating up that guy, the the the, the horror on the kid's face. Yeah. It, it, like that was my face watching the trailer. I was like, damn. Oh man. Yeah, that that was incredible. And you know, I just it, it it brought me such a joy to finally see that. And it's almost like this sort of metaphorical representation of all, like most all of the haters, just slowly stepping backwards and just being like oh maybe i spoke too soon about this pattinson guy you know what i mean dude no he's too That's skinny he, he's yeah. skinny and he played in twilight he's too small for the role even though he's closer in physicality to bruce wayne than ben affleck was but he's too skinny so he's not good right yeah that, that's exactly how people think and yeah you know even regardless of like the his his physicality and like how he looks in the suit or whatever I mean, people, it's amazing to me that people were more willing to hold on to their pride over a, a computer chat room or, you know, in, in, uh, over Instagram or whatever in order to argue for this point that he would be wrong for the role instead of just getting up, watching one of his films, one of his more recent films, such as like Good Time or Lighthouse or even something as, as uh, not as known as maybe The Rover or Life. And just kind of looked at it and, and went, okay, maybe I can kind of soften up on this guy. But no, you know, I don't know. People, people are really weird these days because some, they just have to be right over every single thing that they say, even if it's over the internet where nobody cares what you say or what you think. 
and it, it there's not a lot of consequence to it. So it's it, people get really prideful over nothing. Yeah, um, that's, that's like that's that was a pain in the butt while before the trailer came out. But see, those people they would like argue for hours about it. You'd be like, okay, even if it comes down, it's great. You're gonna deny it. That's what I thought too. But boy, I was wrong. Even those dudes who were just just who like pay money to to not watch it, you know, they, they would like act so bad about it. They did a yeah. complete one eighty. Everyone it was like everyone is obsessed with that. It's like crazy. even like even like people in the mainstream, like you know, yeah. like I like if you go to the, the DC Comics or the Warner Brothers uh, comment section when they post the trailer, it's like just overwhelming amounts of positivity. And like I even I even saw something on TikTok where that's like super mainstream. You know, you don't really see a lot of comic book people on there, and it was like. Someone posted like a clip from the Batman trailer. It was the fight scene where he beats up that guy, and it was like all the comments were just like, "Oh, I didn't know." It was like all, it was like praise for Robert Pattinson. It was like, "Oh, I didn't know about Pattinson at first, but he looks really good here." Is like, and someone was like, "Damn, Cedric had a uh, Cedric had a glow up." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what my mom said about it. It's it's gonna um, part of my French. But my mom, my mom was literally was literally like, "Holy shit, when does that come out?" Yeah, yeah, for real. You know, um, I, I, I was watching it with my dad and, uh, you know, he, he was sitting right next to me. And by the, the time that it ended, he, he was like he started to tear up a little bit, you know, and like I was I was actually genuinely surprised because over the past several months, literally, I, I think over the past year or two, my, me and my dad have been constantly talking about like the Batman and what Matt Reeves is going to do and. You know, I swear, like every every step of the way, he's been right about what Reeves is going to do as a writer and as a director. And I, it's just it's mind blowing. And he finally saw that. And it's like everything that he had hoped to see in a Batman movie is finally coming true. And see, I think that's representative for all of us, because this is finally likely most likely going to be the Batman movie that just breaks all of the records as far as a comic book interpretation goes as well as the batman interpretation goes and i definitely think it's going to surpass the dark knight yeah um uh what i was saying i think i think yesterday i said something in the chat it was like an optimistic man would say that you know with affleck coming back and pattinson about to get a movie that you know the fan base would you know be all positive and stuff about both them and coexisting and but you know i'm not an optimist and i'm a realistic person right yeah yeah, that, that was... Uh, yesterday uh, might have proved me wrong, because, like, yesterday, the whole thing about fandom made me so happy was, like, you know, I know, you know, us three, we're not the biggest fans of Snyder's Vision, but we're, you know, we're respecting people who like that, and we're um, also excited for the Snyder Cut, and they're, uh, they love the, they love the Batman trailer, and they're excited for that, but, you know, it's so cool to see everyone, you know, kind of, oh, like, coming together to, uh, you know, enjoy this trailer and enjoy, you know, be excited for the future of Batman. Oh, absolutely. No, I hope this inspires. I hope this inspires a lot of other studios to just let the writers and directors do what they want because that is the there's only one map to success, and that and this is it. You just let the writer like do what yes. he would love to do. Right on. Right. Not only that, but it has to be the right writer or director or both that have an invested interest in these characters. You know, because like studios are, have over the past like three years maybe three, four, five years, been kind of more willing to let their directors do things with these characters. But it, it's not necessarily the right person in charge of the product. You know, you look at uh, 
who's directing the new mutants josh boone or something like that uh yeah he has no interest in the comics whatsoever he signed on to make a horror film and there's horror has nothing to do with the new mutants as a a concept in the in the comics you know it's like i don't know why you hired this guy but apparently they they gave him a lot of creative control and you know he, he seems to be perfectly all right with what's going down or whatever but this is a film that's been delayed many many times over the course of literally by this point what was it two and a half years it's like two and a half years and we still haven't gotten this movie we're going to uh by the end of the week but like still it's just I think this is, it, it's definitely a reminder of what happens when you hire a director and give him full creative control, him or her, but they have no interest in the characters. So I think that's important, you know. Yeah, for sure. I hope that this, well, I wonder how this will influence movies. Because as you know, Nolan's trilogy influenced movies to all studios like make it dark like Nolan, you know. So I hope now instead of making, because this is even darker, this is like everything you know from Batman. Yeah, exaggerated, extremely hardcore, you know. So I hope, oh, yeah. I hope instead of like, uh, uh, hope instead of making this, like, have every studio be like, make it like Mary's Batman, like tonally. I hope they'll be like, just make it like Mary's Batman, creatively, you know. Yes. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I I definitely want to talk about the side characters, you know, uh, specifically first off the Riddler. I I'm not gonna hold back. That design, I love. I think it's perfect in its execution and what it means to the story. He's basically like, I think someone said like Zodiac Killer times two or whatever, or, you know, twofold. Or it's, it's just, it's such a unique take on the character. And I'm so glad that they didn't go with the whole bowler hat look or whatever, because I don't think that would fit with the overall vibe of this film. And, you know, it, it's just... I don't know everything about the design of it to the voice. The voice is perfect. It it imbues this sense of mystery as well as fear, and they're still keeping this this whole the Riddler vibe about him, where he says riddles and and leaves clues for Batman. So they're not only reinventing the look of the character, but also keeping intact the core of the character and what him and Batman's relationship will mean in the film. Yeah, I yeah. um, with Riddler, I think that it's really cool because it's like obviously it it's his own take on that character, but you still have all these iconic things like uh, you know, like uh, him taunting Batman with uh, you know, he has the same voice modifier that he kind of had in the uh, Arkham games. Um, right. You know, it's just like all these, uh, all these. You can tell it's like this, it's a repeating, you know, uh, recurring trend with the movie where it's like it's like he takes all these aspects from various, you know beloved interpretations of the character and he kind of puts them in that one and then puts his own twist on it it's it's so great oh absolutely yeah joe you oh, have speaking of that? villains man speaking of villains penguin's look is i mean I'm, i would never would have guessed that would be that and i never would like would have like thought to like seek that out but man I, now that i have it it's everything i've like didn't know i needed oh absolutely. i remember me and uh me and logan we did our first ever live stream i asked him if he thought uh con farrell would, would wear a fat suit and he laughed and said no okay you know what <laughs> hey, listen, listen i i was sure it would have looked silly like it, it would have been wrong tonally for the the movie 
but I'll, I'll it admit, looks I was it looks completely wrong. No, and he doesn't have the he doesn't have the Irish accent, which I, I I'm not gonna lie, I would have preferred that, but it, it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. Right. No, I love his voice when he's like laughing and he's like, "This guy's crazy," you know. I was like, yeah. "Okay, this is definitely gonna be a character for sure. Like, this is gonna be on par." Not only Penguin, but also Riddler. I think they're both going to be on par in terms of quality as uh, Joker in The Dark Knight. And in, in most ways, Tom Hardy is Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. You know, this iconic take on these characters, this fresh take on the characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what I noticed after, like, meditating on, like, what the trailer was for a while. Because when I watched it, I couldn't process it. I, was, I had to, like, think about it, you know? Yeah. What I like was what was a big like catch for me is like the characters they're all freaks. Like look at Penguin, he's messed up. Bruce Wayne, he is super messed up. Like 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 the Riddler, that that's nothing we've ever seen before. And, yeah. I mean that woman, she looks so good, but like obviously, like what person is gonna dress up like that? And you know that, that fight scene we saw it was crazy. Well, that, that's at, um, interesting to me. At the um in the panel, Matt Reeves said that she's not Catwoman yet. She the whole that's a plot line in the movie. She's becoming Catwoman. She she will. She's on her path to you know becoming Catwoman, but she's not a Catwoman yet. She's right. just a, yeah. basically a thief, I guess. She's just Cat Lady for the time being. Kind of kind of remind me of um Tim Burton's Batman movies in the sense that like like the characters, the villains, and the heroes were kind of freaks in a way. Yeah, mm. yeah. Except all of the uh, the villains in uh, Burton's movies. You know, aside from Joker, it's just in Batman Returns, I have kind of an issue with Penguin just being a creepy little mutant freak and just going out for being here with his, you know, his clown, you know, circus buddies. And then with Catwoman just being resurrected back to life with cats. I don't know. I mean, that that's kind of a little bit too much, uh, especially. I mean, like, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying the movie's great or anything, but like, but like in a sense, though, it's like. It's like a creepy fairy tale thing, like, but Matt right, Reeves is like yeah. that with like, with hardcore realism, you know. Absolutely, and they did something new with the the characters, which I do respect, um, although I don't necessarily love, you know. So, uh, yeah. Um, shoot. Wait, I'm trying to think, what else is there in Batman? Robert Pattinson. I never doubted for a second that he was an actor trying to impersonate Bruce Wayne. It's just, oh, that's Bruce Wayne. There he is. Yeah. No. He no, looks so great. That's so funny. Like, because with with roles like uh, Good Time, I'm like, this guy is not Robert Pattinson. He's yes. transformed he's into a, something. He's a, he's a chameleon. Right. Absolutely. And, and what's so great about that is that, like, compared to a lot of other chameleon actors, he, he doesn't go for the whole method thing, like, what Jared Leto tried to do with like, no. oh, I'm going to get into the psychology of him and, and send dead rats to my, my co-stars. It's and like, send oh. used condoms to Margot Robbie. Oh. Oh, brother. Did he? Oh, jeez. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, respect the guy for, you know, getting so deep into Batman, but also, you know, not <laughs> indulging in that that fad about you know having <laughs> that, to become the character or something like that yeah, you know that that weird he, thing was i go ahead he succeeded his goal of being lost in the character oh yeah, yeah. it yeah. was um 
it, it was so awkward. This is, this is a little off topic, but when the panel first started and they had like all this loud, you know, the Batman theme, the theme song was playing and there was this big room and all this like hype up and it was just Robert Pattinson. And he's like almost whispering and he's just like, he looked like he, he looked like he had just woken up. Yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy like such incredible acting comes from like such a dude who's who'd be like last like last we picked for football team or something like that you know right, if you <laughs> right. if you had met robert Pattinson in real life you'd, you'd be like oh this is the last guy i picked to play bruce wayne yeah i mean if but, i was if i was like if i was a football captain i'd be like yeah i don't want you on my team dude but like dude's insane oh yeah and so um but also he's the only batman actor that along with his voice which i think is you know, going to be fantastic. But the um, the the look in his eyes, that dead kind of you know tortured, cold, you know, almost like almost like dead in his soul look when he's from his eyes. It's like I've never seen that before in a Batman actor. You know? Yeah. I, mean, I don't yeah, know if I've ever like. I mean, I don't know like where it's like familiar, but also very strange to me at the same time. Like, I don't know if I've like seen that ever in Batman, honestly. Well, for me, like the the lighting, the color palette, the the definite. I think there's a lot of focus in that trailer on his eye makeup, because literally, like there were two different distinct shots of him having eye makeup on. That was when he was in disguise as a biker, or you know, you could just simplify it to matches Malone. His uh, his disguise is that. And uh, then, if he's if he's if. If Matches Malone is in this movie, then Robert Pattinson's kind of already laid the groundwork with that for with a good time. But yeah. that'd be awesome. Oh, absolutely. And and then with at the end of the trailer with that already iconic shot of him just like his hair is long and wet and frayed and just like and sweaty the, the dark, I guess dark circles and, and yeah, he's got like he's he's almost like damp or whatever, you know, and just it gave me this very like the crow Brandon Lee vibe. You know, and I've said that yeah. a million times in the past 24 hours, but I'm I'm gonna say it again. You know. Yeah, I mean those those eye makeup shots, like it was obviously deliberate, and it's perfect because like it sells home so much of the fact. Like this dude is a freak. He has messed up problems, and like I keep saying freak, like because it's the only word I can think of to describe it. But, like I hope you get what I mean, though. Like I don't mean like he's like a horrible person. He's a crazy mass. Like you know, but like. like like he masturbates a lot or something like that. No. Yeah, no, but like, he's obviously like, I can't explain it. It's like so familiar to me at the same time. Like this, it feels like a lot like Batman I would know, but also like at the same time, it's so like new to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's all, yeah. it's almost like it's laying, like I, there was that report a while ago. I think it was from a fairly reliable source, but I have no idea how much truth it holds that Matt Reeves is going to. He's gonna kind of set up the Joker in the sequel, and then the Joker's gonna be the main villain in Batman Three. It's almost like this whole thing with like Bruce kind of having, you know, he's he's not like he's not a bad person per se, but he's definitely not. He's got mental issues. He's not okay in the head. He's not right. But it's kind of laying the groundwork for that thing. It's like the Batman and the Joker. They're kind of this the two sides of the same coin, but they they both have different you know purposes. Oh yeah, it's like, like he's he's just lost. He, he's just like lost himself in the cause of the war, like the war on crime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, it, reminds that's... Me, it reminds me of that one scene in Batman Ego, where Bruce is like, "Okay, I've been Batman, and it's been, I've been fought, he's like, I've been fighting, I'm fighting this crime of like blood, sweat, and tears. Have I avenged my Have I avenged my parents' deaths? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just I, I'm I'm stunned at this point because I I never 
imagined that this is what the character needed in live action so much because you know you look at Christian Bale and you know up till about right before Robert Pattinson was cast and we started to figure out how great of an actor he is um you know I I was like dead dead set in my belief that like Christian Bale can't be topped you know I mean people people always go like well Affleck's the best because he's got the most comic accurate suit and he's the most brutal or you know, most action packed, whatever. You know, what but, um, so Pattinson it, did that guy because it's like I think it's pretty obvious. Like he didn't murder him. Like like some people are trying to say it's like no, he's he's sure. alive. Oh my god, he just took a few blo- a few blows to the head. But right. it's like he, he what the sheer brutality of what Pattinson did to that guy was more brutal than I think anything Affleck did. Right. Because no, I think that's like Affleck would kill people, but he wouldn't do it. You know, like you wouldn't see it. But it's like this. It's like you really felt like every single punch he was throwing. Right. That was hundred exactly. deliberate. Like in the by Reeves and in the story, because like obviously he's like trying to send a message to those to those kids. Like don't mess with me, man. Right. No. And so you know, but with with Christian Bale, like to me, I I felt especially in because I love Dark Knight Rises because it it really gets down to Bruce as a person. You know, as, as someone that you can relate to who, who goes through this challenge of overcoming not only his fear, but also, you know, having to channel his, and his, his anger and how he's going to get out of the, the, the prison. I don't know. It's just, to me, that's what's so essential to the character because it, it got down to the most broken level possible for that character. And it, it managed to rebuild him. He managed to get out of that hole because he realized the things that he had to do and had to overcome you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, you know, even at that point, seeing him as Batman, it's like, yeah, he, he's, he looks great in the suit. But with Pattinson, it's you can feel the darkness inside the character. You know, it's it's real. It, it's yeah. ever present. It's, it's yeah, hard so. to Honestly, it's like hard to talk about it, honestly, because I was like just so speechless about it. And like, oh, yeah. I try to like put it into words, but I just come out sounding like I, I just don't know what I'm talking about, you know? Because I just have like, it's so, ah, oh, I don't know. It yeah, it's 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 hard to put into words how excited you know the hype for this movie that's surrounding it. Oh yeah, it's going to be incredible, you know. Oh and uh, I, I definitely, you know, I had faith in Reeves before, but you know now I don't need faith anymore. I I have complete confidence and assurance that he's going to knock it out of the park. So I just uh, pray that the like I just pray that we get more information as time goes on because I can't wait like more than a year without like without like food to snack on you. Absolutely. Yeah. What if, I don't know. Whatever. So um, we're coming up on about an hour and a half here, and I think we've gotten in you know most of what we had to say. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's probably uh, time to you know wrap it up soon. But uh, you know, I just. I, I gotta say, DC fandom, despite some, you know, small disappointments, uh, uh, like, a little bit of filler and a little bit right. of, uh, a little bit of hosts, a little bit of hosts uh, from around the globe that sound like those, they were those, being those held hostage. Shots, like those, like, those, yeah, those clay, um, like claymation things. It was oh, like yeah. it was just like, or, yeah, those things. But like the host from it was like it was like they had like a different fan from like every country in the world or like all the major countries and it was like. They would just like stare like into the camera, like a completely blank expression. Is like, oh wow, Dude, I don't know about you was... guys. 
I was already excited for the Suicide Squad game, but now I'm even more excited. And that was yeah. that was it. <laughs> so, uh, was still like funny, man. Yeah. So uh, overall, I think that DC fandom, despite you know what Logan said, with a few slight disappointments and a few a uh, little bit of filler content here and there, I think overall it was an event that was 100% designed for a fan experience, and I think that DC accomplished everything they set out to do. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. It was awesome. So, man. Uh, yeah, I think this is. I think we're gonna uh, close it off here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we had a good time discussing. Uh, leave your thoughts on uh, what, what, do you, what, uh, what you what you were excited for. Uh, you know what you what you enjoyed uh, from DC fandom, and uh, let us know uh, what your thoughts are. So, uh, yeah, uh, see you guys uh, later. Yeah. Take care, guys.